This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. Cards Against Humanity is bringing back Concert Against Humanity at Gen Con on August 5th. The show will feature live performances from Eugene Merman, Aparna Nancharla, Jonathan Colton, Molly Lewis, Paul and Storm, and more surprise guests from the Chicago comedy scene. The show is open to all. Grab tickets at ConcertAgainstHumanity.com. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend, Allie Kern, and she talks to me about her love of Disney World. We definitely touch on a generic love of Disney and um, specifically the love of those classic animated movies. She obviously knows so much about those stories and how they fit into the world that is created at Disney World and Disneyland in California. But we really focus on the parks, the attractions, the experience, and she really knows so much. She has a favorite Imagineer. She has a favorite designer of these parks. She can knows him by name and has, you know, watched videos of attractions that she's never been to. All this crazy interest and uh, love of the experience that these parks are. And I think that's so cool. She hasn't even really like been to them as many times as I would have expected for someone who loves them, which I really actually kind of appreciate about it. She just is knowledgeable and enjoys the um, production of it and knows how much of an effect that had on her life as a creative. So it's a really fun conversation. We reminisce a little about being castmates in Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner a couple of months ago. Definitely how our pads crossed in the first place, uh, but we certainly still have to record the music for those shows, if nothing else, maybe remounting, so keep an eye and ear out for that if there's any interest. Uh, if you'd like to see a live improv show, you can see me in one every Thursday night at 9.30 at the Annoyance Theater. It's called the Fishbowl. If you are a student of, of improv or any other kind of student and would like to participate, you can put your student ID into the Fishbowl and get a chance to play with other Annoyance performers and teachers who we have booked for each night. MBSing is a part of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. They provide us all of our lovely sponsors from week to week. And uh, another show that you should check out in the Chicago Podcast Co-op is called An Hour With Your Ex. The lovely Mel Evans and Mark Coulomb, uh, now Denver uh, residents, but Chicago expats who've both done MBSing before, are today celebrating the five-year anniversary of the birth of An Hour With Your Ex. And uh, from beginning to end, they have uh, gone from uh, people who had a podcast together to people who were dating, to people who were married, to people who moved to a new city to embark on new uh creative and life endeavors together uh, in a new place and I got to see them um, in the last couple months and it was a real joy to have them be able to share their city with me and I really love their show and I've always uh, enjoyed um, the you know project that they embarked on that they've totally paid off they recently revisited the show for the first time in a while um, you know with the uh, relocation to Denver it's definitely changed what their you know goals are and I even got to talk to Mark a little about that on a recent episode of MBSing 
that he called in for. But they recently loved um, the show Stranger Things show so much that they brought back um, an hour with your ex uh, from the depths of at least a few months off um, and to talk about Stranger Things. So I like the idea that it can still exist in a way that when they feel excited to talk about something, uh, it can um, be reborn. So if you really liked uh, Stranger Things, then you should check out An Hour With Your Ex, because they just talked about it. Um, and we'll be releasing um, some audio that we recorded while we were in Denver visiting with Mark and Mel on Your Stories, another show in the Chicago Podcast Co-op over the next two Mondays. I think that's all I've got. Thank you so much, Allie, for coming on and sharing this love of these little Disney worlds with me. Excited to keep recording songs from Danny Tanner. Yes. Um, and possibly, I mean, you've seen it, See the Light of Day, twice now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I told Katie, I'm like, whenever you remount it, just let me know. If I'm not doing anything, I will do the show. Nice. I, I'm in as well. That was a total blast. I love the show so much. Uh, I think it's so funny and tight and just like such a good example of what you can pull off mm-hmm. if you just like, you know, focus energy on a really like it's just a small manageable musical yeah like that's and i think those are uh so exciting the to- music too like the original music that chris and katie wrote for that show is so good i love it it's so good and it's like shit that gets stuck in your head for weeks and days at a time i still will start think singing some of them you know uh a Weeks after closing. Dude, I'm in the bathroom looking at this picture of me going, I look like a ghost. I just saw a ghost. (laughs) And I feel like you've said during the process that like you would do that even between the show. Yeah. The runs of the show. (laughs) Like at work, whenever anybody's like, Allie, will you do this for me? I'm like, you got it, dude. Hilarious. That's great. Uh, Stuck in Michelle. (laughs) So my guest today is Allie Kern. And uh, she told me before we started recording that she had a wonderful segue from I do. our uh, knowing one another into what her topic is. I do. <laughs> I know Mary Beth because we were the Tanner sisters together and yes. attend the tale of Danny Tanner, a full house musical. As a matter of fact, you're in my phone, not as Mary Beth, Beth Smith, but as Mary Beth Tanner. I feel like I remember you <laughs> telling us that, that <laughs> you didn't know everybody's last name. So you just put us all in. A yes. T- Tanner's, I love it. Tanner family. Thanks. So obviously we share a deep rooted love for full house. Mm hmm. But my favorite episode of Full House ever is the one in which the Tanner family goes to Disney World Hell for yeah. the day. It was a two-parter, a to-be-continued. I, I feel like it would have to be. Like, oh, yeah. If they're going to make the trip. In my opinion, it should have been a four-parter, one day for each theme park. That would have been preferable to me. Did they really me. go to uh, like Orlando Disney yes, World? Yes, they really went to Disney World, and it was like... Right around the time that Aladdin was released, because okay. Michelle, uh, the plotline of the show is that she pulls the sword from the stone, the oh, like, yeah. King Arthur stone, uh-huh. um, and Gosh, the genie. I so vaguely remember this. Oh my God, it's the only episode of Full House that I like own on Amazon Prime because I fucking bought it because I was like, That's I'm going to so want to watch funny. this like anytime that I don't have anything else going on. That's so funny. Go to my happy place. But yeah, Michelle wins princess for a day, mm-hmm. and then she acts like a spoiled brat, mm-hmm. and then Stephanie gets mad at her and treats her like a spoiled brat, and then Michelle runs away and ends up like having a tea party with a bunch of people from Alice in Wonderland and randomly Snow White. 
I I so like vividly remember all these images as you're describing this episode. <laughs> Just basically describing my happy place, which is Disney World. I'm such a Disney nerd. Uh, what was the origin of your love for uh, both Disney World and I would assume there was a love for Disney like movies uh-huh, before huh. that. Oh, yes. Well, before that. I think I went to Disney World the first time when I was like three. So I don't remember too much of that trip. But the second time that I went to Disney World, I was eight. So my little sister would have been three. Gotcha. And I vividly remember that trip. That's like, so funny. Every, and that was back in the day where our parents used to follow us around with VHS camcorders. Yes. So we have like the whole thing on tape too, <laughs> including like the stage shows at the castle and the parades <laughs> and like just shit that my grandfather would be like, we're going to want to watch this later. So you're, Are we, Papa? Are I was going to say what did your, I assumed maybe your dad posted up for that stuff, but it was your grandpa it was my grandpa was the, with uh, his giant like over the co- the shoulder camcorder uh, with the big like attachments for microphones and lights and shit like old school yes that like he probably fatigued himself oh yeah by the end of that trip i'm pretty sure he had like a permanent depression in his right <laughs> shoulder after that because those things were not light you know what though it was worth it yeah because i then went home and learned all the choreography to that castle show <laughs> that's so funny of course you did of course i did that makes so much sense Perfect sense. <laughs> and it's actually i blame disney disney animated films and disney world for my love of musical theater and what i went to school for and got a degree in that all makes so much but sense. how about i didn't make that connection until i was in college no way like halfway through my degree and i'm like oh my god Disney movies are musicals. <laughs> no wonder I love this so much. It's what I was raised on. So you went to school for a musical theater program. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you do any like specific dance focused stuff? Um, not really. I mean, I've been dancing since I was like five. So okay. I didn't I didn't minor in dance or anything, but I was very heavily involved in dance stuff in our theater department. I guess if you have a big enough uh, like musical theater major slash mm-hmm. department, that's just part yeah. of it. Yeah. I went to a liberal arts college, so we like <laughs> our musical theater capacity was very small. Nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, there was like a student run organization and the actual theater department, um, has only just now started like consistently doing a musical, maybe not even every year, but like every other year. Nice. Like they've done, uh, since I graduated, actually, they've done, um, Three Penny Opera and, um, the Putnam County Spelling Bee. Oh, yeah. So just like smaller ones. Yeah. 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 That, That fit. I mean, we just have a small thrust. Yeah. So uh, I was lucky in that art the the school that I went to in North Carolina, Catawba College. Woo, Catawba we College. Had, I was going to um, ask. <laughs> we have like three theater spaces: one huge proscenium, one smaller proscenium thrust, and then a black box theater. That's awesome. Yeah. That is great. And we did. I was very fortunate. We did one musical every semester. Nice. So even if it was a little, like I did songs for a new world one year. Yeah. So even if it was a small, small cast show, we still tried to do at least one every semester. That's killer. It was Where rad. is? that. Catawba is in Salisbury, North Carolina, okay. which is like pretty much equidistant between Charlotte and Greensboro. Okay. Which are the larger cities that people know. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny that that's just like so close to where I grew up. Yeah. Really like I remember that day in neighbors. rehearsal when we found out that I, you were like, I'm going home to see my dad in a show. And I'm like, where's home? And you uh-huh. told me. And I'm like, oh my God, that's where my mom is from. Uh-huh. What the hell? Uh-huh. What a weird small world in Chicago. I know. I know. Nobody ever knows Lancaster here, 
like no you know i'll tell people south carolina it's usually i give people charlotte as yeah. a frame of reference like lancaster is pretty close to charlotte yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's really i'm just like it's right across the border from charlotte <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's all you really need to know or grasp about that yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> um so uh, did you like? Did you grow up in North Carolina? Or I grew up in Virginia, technically Martinsville, Virginia. So if you know anything about NASCAR, then you'll know what Martinsville is. Yes, um, right. And then we moved to North Carolina, like right when I graduated high school. So I went to college in North Carolina, and then that's where my family's home base is. Gotcha. Okay, I guess I was just curious to see what your actual proximity was to Disney World. It was pretty far. Yeah. Yeah, it was seemed, pretty far. Did you guys drive or fly? Uh, we drove uh-huh. both times. We had like this giant Chevy so Beauville like... conversion van. <laughs> and like this is before there were any built-in TVs and uh, in any automobiles for kids to like ADD out on. Of course. My father built this giant wooden stand that went between the two front seats. And it was like weighted in the bottom with bricks. And he had like one of those TVs with the combo like built-in VCR. Uh-huh. And then he had had this like headphone jack that had three outlets that he'd plug into the headphones and my little sister and I he would bungee the TV to the stand and bungee yeah. the stand to the chairs and we would straight up and it watch had, like <laughs> an eight like an adapter for the yes. uh, cigarette uh yes uh oh my god it was crazy like That's it was amazing my dad freaking made that That's technology like OG yeah uh, TV in a van I mean this is the same man who wouldn't let us stop to pee and he would make my mother get out the potty chair in the back of the van stop. And she would have to take that freaking bowl of pee and try and, like, to fling it out the it. window <laughs> and not get any on herself. Oh, my God. My dad is hardcore, so you, guys, you guys. This Wayne was Kern. like, you guys had, like, adventures down yes. to Disney World. Adventure to Disney. And we went with my grandparents both times, too. So That's awesome. Even more adventurous. Uh, so, three, eight. Did you go back, like, every few years like that? The last time that I went to Disney World, I think it was, like, 16 or 17. Uh-huh. Uh, it was on a marching band trip. And totally I got did to, that when I was yes. in high school. Totally did that. I got to experience the most terrifying ride that was ever at Disney. I think it was only there for like eight years or so. Maybe less than that, actually. And it was replaced by this horrible ride called Stitch's Great Escape. Oh. And the original ride was called Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter. And it had the word terror, like, highlighted in extraterrestrial. Oh, my gosh. And it was basically, you, like, went into this large circular room where there were tiered seating and there were, like, shoulder harnesses. And I'm like this doesn't look like a room that moves. Why do I need a shoulder harness? Oh, because they're going to basically like, um, what do you call it when somebody like, like Star Trek, you're going to go from one place to another. Uh, What's that word? uh, Transport? Yes. They were going to transport this big guy and this corporation into the middle of the room. But of course the wires got crossed and he ended up coming out looking like the alien from Alien. Oh my gosh. And then the whole room went pitch black. And they use this technology around your shoulders and your ears to make you to, think that this alien was freaking terrorizing you. Oh, my god! Like, we're talking, like, droplets of, quote-unquote, blood from the ceiling. And, like, at one point, you could feel his tongue lick your head. That is awful. It was the most terrifying. Like, I remember being, I was, so like, 16 like or 17. Call them, like, 4D rides yes. now. Yeah. And it was me and a whole bunch of my high school friends. So I had a lot of guy friends with me. And we got off of this thing. And we all had to, like, take a minute. Now, mind (gasps) you. Everybody was We're too cool for school. So they they had vetoed me from picking rides. (laughs) Because I'm like, you guys, let's ride the Jungle Cruise. And, like, the 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 third lane ride. Like, when, when I suggested It's a Small World, they were like, and you're done. 
That's you, so Your funny. ride choosing rights are over now. That's so funny. But we went on that and like had to freaking sit and like collect our shit for a minute because oh it was very, gosh. very real. It was so real, in fact, that Disney didn't leave it there for long. Yeah. And now it's basically, it's the same kind of plot line, but instead of a scary alien monster, they're transporting Stitch into the room. Uh And then the room goes pitch black and he belches and it smells like, I think, nachos or hot dog and like just a bunch of stupid, silly gags. So like the second you walk in the room, you're like, why does it smell kind of like meaty in here? You know, they can't like clear all that out. Yeah, It's got to hover. It's got to like the people who work that ride just have to be. They just have to live in like belch smell (laughs) all the time. That sounds about right in terms of like where they'd started and where it would yes. <laughs> end up. <laughs> and I feel like if that ride had, because it was only at Disney World in Orlando. Now, Disneyland is a totally separate beast. Mm-hmm. I've been there twice, okay. much more recently. Okay. I went to Disneyland in 2011 twice when I was living in California working at a theater out there. Nice. Um, And it basically just feels like somebody took the Magic Kingdom in Orlando and squished it. Gotcha. So it's way smaller. It's way smaller. Okay. And it's very, very feasible to do both of their parks in one day. California Adventure and Disneyland. Okay. Is California Adventure kind of like uh, Hollywood Studios? or Kind of, yeah. It's very like themed to California mm-hmm. with various regions of California. Um, but it's like those two are situated much more similarly to Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. Oh. And then they're like right next door to each other. Gotcha. Okay. So it's really, really easy to leave one park and freaking walk and across the, the parking other. line. Yeah. Whereas when you go to Disney, it's like. You have to commit a day to each theme park. That's uh, the last time. So I've also been almost like along similar uh, uh, time frames um, as you have. I went once for either my fourth or fifth birthday. Yes. So kind Best of birthday yeah, ever. Right. So like you, I have very vague memories of that trip. Yeah. Um, but it was really, I mean, I re- like, we have so many pictures from it and, uh, I remember the witch on the snow white ride. <gasps> yes. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. She was terrifying. I remember that like super vividly. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they had to change the name of that ride. It was originally called Snow White's Adventures, and the witch was so scary that they literally changed the ride to Snow White's Scary Adventures, so kids really? would know when they got on the ride what they were what that, they're in for. That makes a lot of sense to me, because I feel like I was really scared. You were not prepared. She, like, pops out and cackles. I'm like, this is... It is like the weird claw arm, like display of the apple. And it's like oozing all that yeah. poison bullshit. Yeah. Making a little skull with the poison. Exactly. She's terrifying. That was the first movie I ever saw in theaters when I was like five. It really? was released in theaters. And I remember very vividly going to like a golden corral with my family for <laughs> for dinner before the movie and Classic. sitting in my little high chair. And I was like five and I was terrified of seeing this witch. I was so worried about it. Like that's so all I could knew- think about through dinner and through yeah. Because I think I had seen like pictures of her and some of the advertising from the movie. Sure. So I'm like, dude, this witch is coming. Yeah, I wonder, like, it doesn't seem like there are things that exist that are that like scary in kids' movies anymore, but maybe. No, it's I just feel like I'm that's because everything's so scary now. <laughs> like our 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 level for like reaching that scare has vastly changed. Right. That's there's definitely truth to that. Um uh, but in, I I went back um, 
not last year, but I think the year before. Oh, you lucky thing. Uh, I know. It was you know what my- I think is so weird about visiting them and when you're an adult? You still get that feeling of like just euphoria. For sure. Even though you're a jaded, bitter adult now, you yeah. go into that park and it's like literally all of your cares in the world just kind of slide off of you and you're like, I don't have to worry about anything. It was honestly the best. It was my uh, my boyfriend's mom's 60th birthday and his uh, his older brother and his wife both work for ESPN. Oh, nice. So, like, so they have the wild, wide world of sports down there. Yeah, so we did. We checked that out. But they also, like, because ESPN is owned by Disney, mm-hmm. um, ever since they got the jobs, his mom had been like, oh, we, we should go down to Disney because mm-hmm. they get, like, a bunch of deals and stuff. Um, which like, you know, make it a much more like financially reasonable trip, especially for a bunch of adults. Like when you're with a kid, you can kind of justify it a little uh, more easily, like introducing it to them. Uh, so they went down a day before I did because I like couldn't get, uh, this certain day off work. So they went to... Uh, Magic Kingdom before I got there. Um, so you which didn't was, go to Magic Kingdom as a grown up? Oh. I didn't. Well, the last time I went, you I was in college. <laughs> I consider that a grown up. As a grown up, though, I feel like if you have to skip one of them, Magic Kingdom's a good one. And to that's skip. like exactly why they like did that one without me because we kind of like talked it out and uh, we were all in agreement that that was probably the case. Yeah. Um. So I met them in Epcot. And they had already been doing like a booze tour. So, <laughs> yes. like, I met everyone but his parents, but I met his siblings and their wives when they were all like a number Hammered. of drinks in. And then, just like, I had to like hop in and the party and continued. <laughs> so, like, experiencing Disney World drunk with a for bunch the of first time yeah. with like eight adults just like hanging out in Epcot. And like, we went on the, you know, uh, space type rides that are in Epcot. Oh, yeah. And my boyfriend Eric got so sick. Like, <laughs> I bet it was Mission Space. It was Mission Space because Mission Space used to have just one version, and uh-huh. it was so powerful. And like the G force that you experience on it is so like similar yeah. to how they train astronauts <laughs> yeah. that they had to make two versions, and it's probably all your boyfriend's fault. Um, well, like he probably like threw up all over the place right after that, and they were like, "This is ridiculous. Let's make a wimpy ride." So they actually asked us which version we wanted. <laughs> And me and my boyfriend's younger brother were both like, the intense yeah, we're one. doing it. And Eric was like, no, Maybe no. <laughs> and like, we're like, one. come on, you idiot. And then like, as soon as we got off, he got sick and we all felt terrible about it. <laughs> we're assholes. <laughs> yeah. That's like, peer pressure, kids. He peer totally, pressure at its And finest. now like, I'm still edging back. Like, we went on the Navy Pier Ferris wheel because he had family in town, uh, and they were all down at Navy Pier, so we like met them down there, and they were like, "We're gonna do it." And we we're like, he had never done it before, and I was like, "Okay, let's just go." And he was so nervous that he was gonna get Aww. motion sick again, and I was like, "I promise you'll be fine. Like this is nothing this like is not like Mission Space. <laughs> you've had one drink, and this is not Mission Space, and you'll be fine." And he totally was. Dude, uh, here's a fun fact about Epcot and me. Please. This is such a stupid fact. Are you ready? I've been to Disney World three times. I did not know that there was a world showcase, Mary Beth. 
I thought that Epcot in its entirety was that future world, the the futuristic oh, space section. So you just never been no. to that part. And when I was sixteen, that and part's I was, so cool. I know. When I was sixteen, I went with all of my band friends. Like we did Spaceship Earth, which is the ride that's in the giant golf ball at Epcot. Yeah, which is boring. Yes, I don't even know if we went on it. When it was I went like a super trip. slow ride. I remember there being a lot of historical things that you're seeing and yeah. things about the evolution of communication and stuff. There's a really big ride like that. That in uh, Hollywood Studios where you get on the big boat and they show you like clips from movies yes. and stuff and all the acting's bad and I'm just like I can't oh I can't with this I guess but I gotta yeah, fill I these out somehow I into an argument with somebody like when I was in my 20s I was hanging out with some friends of mine who used to go to Disney World all the time and they were talking about blah 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 World Showcase at Epcot I'm like what the hell are you talking about uh, they're like there's this whole section uh, called World Showcase in the back of Epcot and it has all these different countries no and you way. can go around and visit these countries and I'm like you're full of shit I've been to I've Epcot been three times and it is nothing but boring ass rides they're like no Dude, you have to go past the boring ass rides and That's then you get to World Showcase. Crazy. I also feel like I might have known about it if I had been of legal drinking age at that time. Very. very then very I would have been like, I know this place because that's like where the alcohol is. I went to it when when I went on the, my high school band trip for sure, but like I couldn't drink, so we just like looked at shops and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the place to be when you're a grown adult. Yes. <laughs> So I'm I'm very excited whenever I do go back to Disney World next to uh, get to experience World Showcase for the first time. That's so funny. Because we were just too cool, dude. We rode that spaceship Earth ride and we were like, this place is boring. Let's go to Animal Kingdom. And we did. We and just I left. I remember going to Animal Kingdom um like in the early when did Animal Kingdom open? Do I you feel know? like ninety let's see. Ninety seven, ninety eight, somewhere in there. That sounds about I'd have to or Google my it. my recollection, that's eh, close enough. I remember going, maybe it was while I was in high school, and I was like, this is like, okay. There wasn't too much to see yet. And, you know, all the trees were just kind of like growing in and everything. And then going back uh, on my most recent oh, trip. Oh, because you got to see Expedition Everest. Yeah. And when I was there, that ride wasn't there. That, that was, ride's awesome. Dude, it looks awesome. That ride's great. There's Big one, ass. There's a Kilimanjaro part where it goes um, backwards. Yes, that that ride's really dope. That's like one of their best coasters. Yeti. Yes. Well, and now Animal Kingdom's about to get a lot cooler because they're going to open Pandora World of Avatar next year. No way. Yeah, and so they've got two. Uh, they've got an e-ticket ride that'll be like flight of the avatars or something like that you know those dragon things that they write in the movie yeah it's gonna be a simulator ride like that where you feel cool. like you're writing a, a one of those flying things like soaring or yeah. something like that well and different in that you'll be from what i've heard rumor has it that you'll be straddling I love that you're like <laughs> all in I'm on in this it. the rumor has it that the ride vehicle is designed so you'll be like straddling it like you are riding one of these things That's and so funny it's also supposed to be designed so that it feels like it's breathing while you're on it no yeah that's Sounds very cool. Very cool. And so all is all of that going to be new? Like a yes. new addition? So mm-hmm. They're not like revamping other stuff? Well, they basically took away Camp Mini Mickey, which was there kind of as a placeholder. Because when they open Animal Kingdom, if you look at like all of the marketing for it out front of the, the park, uh-huh. they have like dragons and unicorns and shit too. Because it was supposed to have a whole section called Beastly Kingdom. That would have been like a fantasy animal realm with like dragons and centaurs and stuff like that. Wow. And they ran out of money. So we're like, hey, let's put this petting zoo situation with Mickey and Minnie over here because that's cheap and fun and quick. Gotcha. And so that kind of was always there just as like a placeholder. 
And then when they bought the rights to Pandora, they were like, finally, here's our beastly kingdom. Let's build this out. Man, that's really cool. Yeah, I love knowing stuff like that. (laughs) That's what makes me a Dis nerd. That is very Dis nerdy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dis nerd. Um, That's so funny. Um, Joe Rohde is the Imagineer who designed Animal Kingdom, and he's my favorite of all like whenever you anybody's like yes <laughs> when anybody's like well you know what people would you like to have dinner with dead or alive famous or not famous joe Rody is always in my like type top five that's amazing he's the coolest dude he's this you know disney has a, a reputation of being very white collar and clean cut and uh-huh and joe Rody has this giant tribal earring and one ear that like hangs down to his shoulder and is like gauged so that his ear has this giant droopy hole in it and of he's just he always been the coolest and so, i love animal kingdom as a park too it's probably my favorite park at magic kingdom or at disney world it's it, i was really really impressed like yeah. going seeing it as an adult like i said uh so like i got to i think we had everyone overall had five days um so we did like one park a day and then the last day i think we either like split it and went back one place and then went to downtown Disney or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we didn't spend a full day. Uh, maybe we only had, we had four and it's, I think they did Magic Kingdom and then Epcot full day. And then um, I want to say maybe we did Animal Kingdom in the morning and uh, Hollywood Studios at night. That would make sense. Because like Animal to- Kingdom also used to close super early. Um, Because it didn't have any nighttime stuff. But just this year, they're opening a nighttime show called Rivers of Light. Uh That shit is on YouTube. And they project all these images onto the Tree of Life. And it is magical. That sounds really cool. Like, this is what I do in my free time, Mary Beth. I I watch freaking Disney World shows on YouTube. (laughs) Well, I also have a lot of friends who work. Like, I have, I'm friends with, I can honestly say I'm friends with Princess Anna. Mm. I have a girlfriend from um, my post-college years that I worked with at a theme park in North Carolina who is now, like, there's this new show on the castle stage at Walt Disney World at the Magic Kingdom called Mickey's Friendship Fair, I think is what it is. And she is Anna in that show. That's amazing. I mean, she's That's a really good friend of Anna. Super popular, right? Very popular, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's a she's a really good friend of Anna. <laughs> <laughs> she's a really good friend. Anna's, Anna's a real... That's a real person. Yeah, that's for yeah. Suspension of disbelief, mm-hmm. Mary Beth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to: <laughs> Have you heard of the term called Disney bounding? No. So this is a way for people, grown people, to suggest that they are dressing in the style of a certain character using color blocking. Because if you're over the age of like twelve or thirteen, you can't go to the park in costume. <gasps> That's right. I think you told me Mm -hmm, about that. mm -hmm. Because if a little kid happens to see you dressed as Snow White and smoking a cigarette, boom, illusion ruined. You're screwed. Yeah. That's crazy. So So now you can like. Kids can dress as Kids can totally dress as in costumes. You said it's over the age of. Like 12 or 13. Wow. So once you get to teenage years. When you look like like, you could actually be a character. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So they do. So they like. Like if I wanted to represent. Yeah, like if I wanted to represent Goofy, orange pants and like a blue shirt and a brown vest. Uh huh. And if I wanted to represent Donald Duck or Daisy Duck, I'd have like for Donald, I'd have like yellow leggings and some kind of sailor top and white incorporated. And you said it's called Disney bounding. There are like many Pinterest boards devoted to this concept, Mary Beth. I'm gonna open your world so right now. Funny. What it's a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> a Disney. Um, th- 
That's so funny. So do you ever find yourself doing that? Like I do it on accident all the time. <laughs> and I also like I was on my way, I was walking over here from work and I'm like, Oh, I'm bummed out I didn't wear any of my Disney stuff. Right. But then I look down and I've got on my my gray Mickey Mouse band. <laughs> I have on a silver ring right now that says Hakuna Matata. <laughs> and full disclosure, I am wearing Maleficent briefs today too. <laughs> Maleficent in the front, dragon in the back. So it's never something that I have to consciously do. It just happens. Uh, so you were like, why didn't I wear a Disney like t-shirt? I'm like, why I wear like, a Disney and t-shirt? You and I'm have like, oh, three I'm good. different Disney related articles of clothing. I am fully represented right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think my thing like that is becoming Ninja Turtles. I just like. On the sly, I have a bunch of like, have like multiple pairs of Ninja Turtle boxers and a bunch (laughs) of Ninja Turtle socks and stuff. I can Uh, get down with that. I sleep in and currently wearing some Ninja Turtle socks. Is that Michelangelo? This is Donatello. Oh, fuck. But I think he's, I think they're all on here somewhere down the line. Gotcha. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, like, it's, that's so funny. Did you find yourself like, looking into all this stuff i guess kind of the birth of the internet really like kept you it made research possible and it made me want to to borrow a a lyric from pocahontas made me want to know things i never knew i never knew (laughs) i'm glad that there's a there's an appropriate uh there's always an appropriate recall a disney recall for life i believe that uh it's like how did you find out about joe rody for the first time I just got fascinated with Animal Kingdom in general, and I was, like, watching a lot of uh, kind of internet documentaries about different Imagineers, and he just... I've always loved Animal Kingdom, and then when I saw this guy, I was like, really, Disney? Really? That's your you guy? him this, on the payroll? Yeah, this dude with this giant tribal earring? Hilarious. Awesome. Hilarious. And he's also a world traveler, so, like, his shit in Animal Kingdom is very authentic. Uh-huh. Because he's been to these places, and he's seen these actual things. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so you said you think Animal Kingdom might even be... It might be my favorite. Your favorite park, uh, which I can totally get behind. Uh, when we were there, like... During the day, we I think we just caught the exact time to go on the safari ride because mm. we saw legitimately everything. That like, safari, the safari ride is amazing. It's like way better than any zoo. I've now ever that they're been open to. at nighttime, they're doing nighttime safaris. Cool, where they have like um, not natural lighting, but they have natural looking lighting so that you can still see the animals, and it's it looks like constant sunset. Cool. Yeah, I bet that's rad. That sounds. I awesome. wonder if it changes though the appearance of the animals. I was wondering because of their internal clocks. I wonder if they're like, okay, it's bedtime now. I don't know what you bitches are doing out here on this bus. But. I was, I was thinking that too. Like, how would that change their, uh, like, internal clocks? Their yeah like rhythms. Their but I guess they're already living in a Florida environment instead yeah. of like whatever their natural whatever their is. natural habitat. So we just kind of accept that that's part of the uh, the deal. Totally. What do you think your favorite um, like rides are? Rides? Um, listen, or I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go real old school. Please, please. Peter Pan's Flight. That it's ride so is so great. Awesome. It's still so great as an adult. It's still so great it's that you're flying in this pirate ship and the perspective that they use on everything is so rad. Incredibly well designed. So rad. Um, uh, what else? Space Mountain. Any of the mountains. I love Space Mountain. Splash Mountain, Big Splash Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain. Interestingly, I'm reading a book right now that's 
based on uh, it's about the movie that Splash Mountain is based on, which not a lot of people talk about because Disney doesn't want you to. Uh, Song of the South. That's what I thought. It's almost surprising that they still that they based a whole attraction on this movie that they don't talk about, and that they still have the attraction, right? Yeah, I'm sure they've done, and it's some one of their things. most popular. Well, uh, they changed one scene in particular, which is the scene that you would have to change if they ever wanted to redistribute the movie. Mm-hmm. And it is the infamous Tar Baby scene where Br'er Rabbit Jesus gets stuck. Christ. It's basically supposed to be he gets stuck in something sticky. Mm-hmm. They decided to make it that. I see. At the time, fine, naivete, whatever. But now we know better. Yeah. And we can't go around saying that shit. Nope. That's not cool. Nope. So in the ride, he's stuck in a pot of honey. Oh. They completely bypass that. They completely bypass Uncle Remus, too, who was the narrator of the movie, the older black man. He was like, yeah. Super, like, stereotypical, offensively. Uh, well, he wasn't. The movie could have been less offensive. I'll say that because the source material was definitely less offensive. The movie, they don't make it very clear that they're in reconstruction. Is it based on a book yes oh, okay joel chandler harris uh wrote well first he wrote all these little newspaper clips of stories of uh brer rabbit and brer bear and brer fox right and then he had so many of them that he collected them into like a group of short stories i so don't song think of the i south, knew that song of the south was the same like character set yes. as those brer rabbit type things exactly the same Wow. So in the ride, they conveniently, they skip over Uncle Remus by making the narrator of the ride this little frog, Br'er Frog, I think, that mm-hmm. he's in the movie with Uncle Remus, too. But yeah, that, that movie has been in the vault since 1986, and every year at the shareholders meeting, somebody's like, we're about Song of the South, and Bob Iger's like, nope, next. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Nope, not doing it. Nope, next. So funny. And that's what Zippity Doo does from, right? Yeah, Zippity yeah. Doo does from Song of the South. Hugely popular song, hugely popular ride. Very they just kind relatively of like unknown movie. Erase the fact that it's yeah. associated with Song of the South. There was a freaking SNL Saturday TV Funhouse cartoon uh-huh. about that, where it's I've, like I've, Mickey Mouse turning these two kids through the vault, and one of the kids is like, they get to a part of the vault that's obviously filled with stuff that Disney doesn't want them to see, and this one kid picks up a movie and is like, what is this, Song of the South? And Mickey Mouse is like, oh, we do don't need to watch that. Uh, that's, that's awful. That's amazing. Yeah, so yeah, they like right. to pretend that it doesn't exist, except it has a bomb ass ride. So I wish that there is a way for them to go in and edit Song of the South to make it more palatable for today. Yeah, because the art in Song of the South is fantastic. Sure, the theme, the plot, the story—I don't think we need to hear it. <sighs> yeah, it's almost uh, like it's like cringeworthy, wonder, offensive. Yeah, you wonder if. Uh, they'll ever like it doesn't seem like Disney's style really Mm. but it makes me wonder if they'll ever will be kind of like a reboot of it yeah I mean now you're seeing things like Pete's Dragon which was kind of the same style as Song of the South in that it was mixed animation and live action Mm -hmm. and we're about to see that again Mm mm-hmm Probably in a much better way, honestly, because the it, trailers for that look fantastic. I haven't seen the trailers. I've I have seen like posters and stuff for it. Is it still mixed live action animation? Yeah, but cool. the animation now is CGI because we've right. gotten so much more technologically advanced. Some great songs in that bad boy too. Dude, the original movie, oh my God. So my fiance and I have folks over like every Sunday and we do a movie night. And oh, one movie awesome. night we were like, we're going to watch Pete's Dragon and my fiance and I were so excited about it. We own it on DVD. Uh-huh. We finish it. Our two besties are in our living room like, 
what the fuck was that? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, you guys don't understand the brilliance of this movie? No, we, we truly don't. We truly don't. So it's just like, for the time it was It's pretty dated now, I'm magic, not gonna lie. But looking back. But I have such a strong affinity for it. Yeah. To me it holds up. To people who don't who aren't in love with it the way that I am, I can see how that you'd watch it and be like, What is this piece of crap? I think that's such a uh But you know it doesn't have a ride at Disney. Pete's, Pete's Dragon. Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's that is like becoming such a central part of our zeitgeist is mm-hmm. like the uh, nostalgia aspects of things, um, you know, especially things that are being rebooted. The idea that Pete's Dragon has a reboot yes. is like, okay, we're really gonna we're like go really through everything, <laughs> yeah. And you know, maybe it is the uh, the dawn of the internet in you know people like yourself and like I would definitely include uh, myself in this conversation as well. Being able to kind of explore things that we were into as a kid totally. in this totally different way. Yeah, totally. Uh, so now it's like, all right, let's like, so the popular, right? For letting me Google pillow pals <laughs> and showing me the actual stuffed animals that I had as a child and not these freaking, it's a pillow, it's a pet. No, it's not. It's a guy with a square body. It looks like a window, little eyes in it. I know what you're talking about. And he's got little appendages, but shit like that. Like, uh-huh. if we want to see a picture of what my pink heart-shaped Polly Pocket looked like, you can circa 1992. I can Google that. Look at and and I think because of that, um, you know, the the studios, the people who are making movies, are you know no so soundly and assuredly that there's a built-in audience for oh, those yeah. things because people still talk about it. Yeah, uh, it's almost like a guarantee. Yeah, yeah. You're going to so. at least have this subset of people come and see this mm-hmm. because they can't not. Mm-hmm. So, And I think, you know, even in the sequel uh, world of Disney, mm-hmm. I feel like that is something they... Especially with Pixar, for sure, are, are like starting to crutch on a lot, which is for sure. You know, we saw like Lion King one and a half came out like straight to video, but yep. like nobody saw that, nobody no. cared about it. But now we have like Toy Story two, three, and those. I, honestly, listen, I'm a diehard Disney fan. Mm-hmm. You could have stopped at three, Toy Story. We love you, but I feel like the third movie ended things so beautifully. I can't believe they're making another. I don't know where you it have to go. Make any, it's now making a a, an Incredibles chapter. two, fantastic. I highly support that. Right, and even Finding Dory yeah. was fantastic. I loved it. Oh, I still haven't seen it, but I want oh, to. it's so good. I might but have ugly like, face cried for a moment. Oh, I'm sure, but like I would. just a moment. Even like Cars was an underwhelming first attempt so like so why a cars too and it was so bad and then like, planes was so bad it's not even considered <laughs> in the pixar canon is it a pixar movie no it's not considered in their official canon oh wow the same thing with disney movies like you have to meet certain uh criteria to be considered a disney animated classic really yes so what like for instance a goofy movie is not considered an animated classic that's a tragedy because that movie's great <laughs> it is great <laughs> But then you have like I think there are maybe two sequels that made it into the Disney animated classics canon, and they are The Rescuers Down Under, great movie, which was a great movie, and it was also like the first time that Disney used Caps computer animated, uh, computer animated. P.S. <laughs> P.S. Okay, um, and it was developed by Pixar 
for Disney to use through those Listerine commercials that they were doing in the 80s. Um, so Rescuers Down Under and then Winnie the Pooh, which is a sequel of The Many Adventures of oh, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I never would have known that. Yeah. Uh, well, not really a sequel so much as like, you know, they have a all these little stories of Pooh Corner. and Right. Yeah, that's how I imagine Winnie the Pooh animated things. It's all just like kind of. <laughs> it's all one thing. In the same world. You group them all together. Yep. Um, there is a Winnie the Pooh ride at Disney World now. Really? I have not ridden it, but it is called The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Like the first movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Winnie the Pooh. I mean, How Disney... can you not love Winnie the Pooh? Come on. H- heartless? He's pretty lovable. <laughs> He's a... Rabbit? Yeah, sure. He can be annoying. Uh, Winnie the Pooh? Come fuzzy on. Fuzzy little buddy all stuffed with fluff? Something fuzzy like little cubby mm. all stuffed with fluff. <laughs> she knows. He's a willy silly nilly old bear. <laughs> Um, what, uh, so we got, I mean, Peter Pan's Flight, that's a a wonderful answer for favorite ride. We got favorite park. What things do you think that you gravitate towards, um, a lot because of your love of the movies? Like, are there specific places in Disney World where you're like, oh, this is, you know, gorgeous, or I love this show because I'm such a big fan of this movie. Any of the places around the castle, Cinderella's castle, because there are lots of places on the outskirts of the castle where you can see it, like, unadulterated by other attractions or spaces. Cool. And you can see the moat going into it, and it just sends me into this euphoric, like, I'm a princess. It's, It's magical. It's like you said, you know, you really can't help but feel... Uh, that and when I was a kid, I was stuff. super into climbing trees because you know in South Carolina there are magnolia trees everywhere. Yes. And magnolia trees are the shit to climb. My grandma had one in her backyard. They have so many branches. We would and climb so it many, all the time. Oh gosh, they're so fun. It was so easy. So Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Oh. When I went there, I was like, like even still today as an adult, people would ask me as a kid, like my little sister and I played the game, like if you could live at Disney World in any place, where would you live? And of course, she picked the castle, right? Because she goes big, uh-huh. and I'm like, I would want to live in that treehouse. Just the treehouse you know, is sweet. Be different. And... Yeah, be in nature. Oh, that's so in funny. fiberglass nature. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. And now they have, uh, I know, when I was there in. College, there was a Bugs Life ride. Yeah, it's tough to be a bug. Yeah, it's that Animal Kingdom. Yeah, it's like underneath the Tree of Life. Uh huh. I was gonna say I thought it was Tree of Life yep. associated. Yeah, <laughs> they have an animatronic Hopper in that show, and he's scary. Scary. I feel I'm not like it was something slightly different when I went like a year or two ago, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's still. Uh, Might have been like clothes for refurbishment. Maybe. Um, but I don't remember specifically. Um, what are, if you could have any job at Disney World, what do you think it would be? I would want to be a tour guide on the Keys to the Kingdom tour. What's Keys to the Kingdom? It's basically like you pay probably about a billion dollars <laughs> for a private tour guide for your party. And the you your family or your party, whoever you're with, gets one dedicated tour guide who takes you around and shows you 
all of the the major talking points of Disney World and also like the secrets to behind, you know, how things were made and how they were developed and how they were built. And I would want to be one of those kids. Do you get to go any behind the scenes type places? I think you do. You get to go into the Utilidors, which is a system of underground tunnels that they built at Disney World so that like if you're working in Frontierland and your character break space is like at the other end of Fantasyland, you can't go walking through Fantasyland in your Frontierland garb. Because you'll look crazy out of place. Oh, so my God. So you go God. underground, Mary Beth, and you walk through a set of tunnels underground called the Utilidors. So it's not even necessarily like a, a convenience thing. It's like we can't It's a maintaining the, the illusion. Oh, my God. 100%. That's crazy. Yeah. So you get to see the little system? At least like a section of it. You would get to go down into it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I bet there are so many... Things like that. Because even while we were there um, recently, you know, as eight adults, we were like obsessed with trying to find little hidden Mickeys. Oh, yeah. Hidden Mickeys came about because when they built Epcot, which was the second park right after Magic Kingdom, the Imagineers were told, we can't have any Mickey Mouse in this park. Of course, that's totally changed now because Mickey's all over the place at Epcot. Like if you go in the Food and Wine Festival or the Flower and Garden Festival, uh-huh. he's everywhere. But back when it was built, they told all the Imagineers, you can't put Mickey because this is a grown-up park. This is oh. more mature. So that's where Hidden Mickey's came from. These Imagineers are like, well, fuck you. We can't put Mickey Mouse We're in here. We're going to put him as many places. We're going to put him everywhere. That's so funny. Yeah. I love that. And now it's become a whole, like, there are books dedicated to helping you find all of the Hidden Mickey's at Walt Disney World. Yeah. It's We're, crazy. We kept getting into disagreements where yeah. some people would be like, that's totally a Hidden Mickey. And other people would be like... That's three circles. <laughs> they didn't. That's just how that thing was built. Like uh, Disney World has like a forest preserve that's located pretty close to the giant chunk of land because Disney World is about the size of San Francisco. Whoa! With the whole all of the resorts and the theme parks and everything all together. Yeah, we stayed at one of the resorts, and I had never you done lucky that before. Yeah. Me neither. I've never done that. Yeah. When I was a kid, we would always stay in like condos outside of the Magic or of. Walt Disney World because it was so much cheaper. Yeah, I Where, which one did you stay at? Um, just describe it to me and I'll tell you what the name of it is. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was like pretty spread out. I think it was one of the resorts. What are there? Uh, did you have a balcony on your room? Ye- Yes. Yes. Then you were in a deluxe resort, which means you were either at the Grand Floridian, which is all white with terracotta like maroon tops. Looks uh-huh. like old Florida Beach. Uh-huh. You were at the Wilderness Lodge, which looks like like a wilderness lodge from like the northern states. Uh-huh. Great North. And then you were maybe at the Polynesian, which is very tiki and, and It was the first one I think. The it Grand was Floridian. very like it was very like Florida themed mm-hmm. and uh, all the definitely when you said describe it, I was like, I don't know. Everything was real white. Like, <laughs> there was a big pool area that had a big slide yep. uh, that like was like a little castle. Yes. That was awesome. And if uh, it was a sand castle, was it a sand castle shape? I think so. Yeah. You might have been at Saratoga Springs. Maybe that's <laughs> I don't remember. Nerding out party with it, me. I think it was a sand castle. Yeah. She knows. I know. Based on the pool Just describe slide. it to me. Describe the pool. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Sh- I mean. I have always wanted and, to stay. And it was probably a deluxe suite because we all stayed in the same one. Yes. So like there were only two rooms proper. Then it Maybe was th- totally Saratoga Springs because it's a villa. Because yeah. they have like kitchens and like. Yep. 
like separate rooms for everything in like a living room, a dedicated living room. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Totally. Uh, so we there were that eight of us quick. and there were two rooms. So his parents stayed in the like master room and then me and him and his younger brother and his wife stayed in a room that had two beds in it and his older brother and his wife slept in on the like pull out couch sofa. in the yeah. living room. That's sweet. You, we got there. We, Saratoga yeah. Springs. Is that what take, you said? It took no time at all. <laughs> Saratoga Springs. So we had to just like build in uh, instead of you know having to like rent a car or whatever, we just built in times to time to be able to use the Get shuttle the bus, depending yeah. on where we wanted to go. Totally, yeah. And there's a giant. You know, we we're talking about hicking, hidden Mickey's a minute ago. There's like if you're flying into Orlando, they have this like wildlife preserve where they've planted a forest of trees in the shape of a Mickey. That's amazing. So if you're above it, you can see it on your plane ride into Orlando. That's so funny. Hidden Mickey's are everywhere. <laughs> and and then you can't like once you start looking for hidden Mickey's. Did you find yourself like for a week or two after you got home like yeah. seeing them everywhere? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, dude, look at these these coffee rings on the table. Yep, it's totally Mickey Mouse all the time. Yeah, absolutely, we did. Like it, it's like you said, once you start looking for them, it's like addictive. they're everywhere. And because you're especially like so much of it is just waiting in line and yep. shit like that. Yeah. So. Well, then they have this whole Fast Pass Plus thing where you're supposed to make reservations for every little thing that you do, and I just have trouble committing. It definitely, like, we only try to do, you know, like, one, maybe two of those a day for, like, the biggest. So we did one for, like, the safari in Animal Kingdom, and they put them on, you have, like, these newfangled-ass magic bands Mary Beth they're called magic bands when they gave me my magic band I was like this does what <laughs> it's like the key to your room you pay for all your food you can with link it. your debit card yeah. to it yeah the, also the other great thing about staying at a Disney resort if you have the magic bands or if you don't if you're staying on site at a resort hotel and you go shopping in the park and you don't want to carry around your giant Eeyore that you buy all day they'll take it to your room that's dope. Yeah. You just be like, I'm staying at Saratoga Springs, suite number, whatever. That's crazy. Just take my giant ear there and let him rest up. I mean, as soon as I was introduced to the idea of a magic band, I was like, man, they really streamlined spending money. Yeah. <laughs> they really figured out how to get the most out of your money. Yeah. And they also have, like, it has uh, tracking technology so that. If you're like, say you have reservations at a specific restaurant on the, the property and you approach the hostess booth, they have software that'll be like, Mary Beth is coming. Yeah. And then, hi, Mary Beth, how are you? And you're like, what the hell is this 1984 That's shit? Nuts. That's crazy. Like that if it's close enough in proximity or yeah. something like that to some employee's iPad. Yeah. I mean... But that's the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, makes it magical for little kids. Yeah, sure. Because you can be approaching a restaurant and if you have a little little child with you, let's say her name's Anna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the hostess is like, hi, Princess Anna. Boom. Day made. Yeah. Yeah. That kid's like never going to forget that experience. That's my favorite thing about Disney World is the memories that it makes. Because yeah. I, you know, my spare time, I like to watch YouTube videos of Disney World shit. Uh, I found one recently, like last week, of this tiny kid dressed as Kylo Ren at oh, Hollywood Studios. Yes. Two stormtroopers come up to him, tell him, you know, we're part of the resistance. Come with us. Follow us. They tour him all around Hollywood Studios. Just these two stormtroopers asking, acting as private escorts. And the video is so great because you see other people like come up to try to get a picture with the stormtroopers and they're like <laughs> shooing people away. Like, don't you see who this is? That's this is so tiny Kylo Ren. Funny. And then they take him like, so they take him all the way around Hollywood Studios acting like, 
bosses. Uh-huh. And then they get back to the Star Wars launch bay, which is where there's a meet and greet with Kylo Ren. Uh. They take this kid past all the other kids in the line, straight to the front of the line, straight in to meet Kylo Ren. Oh, my God. It's the shit. Oh, my and God. And as he's, like, walking past this giant line of kids that are waiting to meet, you know, the famous supervillain, you can hear the kids in the background of the video, no fair. Uh. Hey. <laughs> like, dude, Sorry, if you had kids. dressed as a badass villain, you maybe you could skip the line. You didn't pull out your color and costume. No, you didn't, you didn't really amazing. fully embrace the magic, kid. Let That's, this be a lesson to you. That's so awesome. Yeah, I can't even imagine how much more... Because uh, there was already starting to be a lot of Star Wars stuff. I guess it was the summer before the movie was released, mm-hmm. um, or maybe two summers before. Mm-hmm. Either way, there was like already, you know, they you could tell they were amping up all yeah, that stuff for sure. And now they're they're gearing up to start construction construction on the new Star Wars land. I don't think they've broken ground on it yet. But they do have a nighttime at show at Disney now. World, at Hollywood Studios specifically. Oh, yeah, shit, that's gonna be awesome. They're about to expand. They're gonna build a whole Star Wars land, and they're also gonna build a Toy Story land. Oh, yeah, like a two part expansion in Hollywood Studios because mm-hmm. that park right now is it's pretty lame. It needs it. <sighs> it really is. The only good thing about Hollywood Studios is it has the best like adult rides. Yeah, I mean, Rock and Roller Coaster is. Without a doubt, my favorite. The ride. last time that I went to Disney World, that was still like it was almost open, but not quite. Like the, really? the whole building and the facade was there, but it wasn't open for me to ride oh, it. Oh god, and it's that was so very baller. It's uh, like we did. We got to ride it twice because we were there pretty late, and uh, things were like the crowds were just kind of winding down. So we, I think, we just like went back through immediately. And uh, the first time, the four of us in the car, um, like, one of us played air drums, one <laughs> of us played, like, an air guitar, and, like, so we all were playing instruments in the picture when it got taken, yes. and the second time we did YMCA. <laughs> So like we had, on those kind of rides is the best. We it's had so a hard really time. It was it's hard. So hard. Especially because they take the picture for rock and roller coaster right when they launch you. Yeah. Because it's not a hill. They just use um like pneumatic pneumatic like, you know, and like electromagnets mm-hmm. and shit like that to just like blast your ass. And they take the picture right after it like blasts out. So you have to be There's a science to this shit. It. Like yeah. you got to plan your attack. I I was the one who was like, let's all be playing uh, instruments. <laughs> you have to, yeah. You gotta. That's some fierce strategy. Yeah, it was it was super fun. That ride's so boss. And that it ride's has, great. Uh, Tower of Terror is great. See, uh, people love Tower of Terror. Not my ride. You don't like Tower of Terror? I don't like rides that Free just fall? go up and down. Got yeah. it. Yeah, so even something like it was Drop Zone when I was growing up at Carowinds. At Carowinds, yeah, I used to ride the Drop Zone. I rode it like once and was like, okay, nope. That was awful. Yeah, I just don't like that, like, click, 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 click. Death! Yeah, like, <laughs> it's you hear the last click, and then it, you hear one more when you're released. And, and that's then just... three and a half hours elapses, and then you fall. <laughs> Yeah, that's just not my jam. I love roller coasters. Uh, I get nervous um, on every first hill. Like, I just, I never get over it. But once I'm over it, it's the 
best. It's so great. Um, roller coasters are so great. I love them. So I, I really love Rock and Roller Coaster and uh, Space Mountain um, and that uh, uh, Expedition Everest yeah. at Animal Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Those are like legitimately three really great roller coasters. Fun fact about Space Mountain. You feel like you're going so fast. I think the top speed on that ride is like 25 miles an hour. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'd believe that. There's so much to... Um, because rock and roller coaster is like that too. There's so much to it being inside. Yes. That really like disorients you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because you're like, it's such a small space. It's almost like a sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. Because like, you get in there and you're just like, oh, especially I'm in a new world. with Space Mountain. Because you can't see. You can't see it anything. It looks like stars are around yep. you. Uh, at uh, Disneyland at Halloween times, they transform that ride into what is it called? Ghost Galaxy. So. It goes from like you're just in space to like you're in space, but being chased by like a ghost that's on fire and very frightening. It was the best ride photo I've ever seen from that trip to California. Like I had to buy it because we all just look so fucking terrified. That's amazing. And it like we didn't we didn't know when we were getting on Space Mountain on that trip that that's what was going to happen. We we yeah. just didn't pay attention to any of the marketing about this giant ghost that was going right. to chase us through this like, ride. Why would you? Yeah, we're you like classic you're going Space, on Space Mountain. Mountain. Perfect. Yeah. And then, like, halfway through, uh, legitimately, we were like, we're going to die. Space ghost. Space ghost coast to coast. That's so funny. Uh, What do you think? um, So you said that Disneyland is just, like, really parsed down. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you feel like you enjoyed more about that? Dude, Disneyland has this one ride that Disney World doesn't have that is the shit. It's an Indiana Jones-themed ride. So, you know, we have the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular right. at Hollywood Studios. I actually got to volunteer Were you one of the people? Uh, when I was in college. She did the audience participation part. They where you, called like, come me up. up. Yes, yeah. they called me up and she was like, they thought I was a little kid, like for sure. They thought I was like a young teenager. You're like, I'm 25. And she was <laughs> like, how old are you? And I was like... 19 I was like 18 <laughs> or 19 and my friends lost their minds because she reacted in a way that she like legitimate well she asked the, like it was like one of the quotes from our trip uh-huh. because she asked me like how old are you you know in, <laughs> in such a sunshiny a, way in such a like little princess you, you can't be more than 12 you like cute little and I was thing. like 18 like <laughs> 19 lady it was so lay funny. off me I'm starving they legitimately thought they had like the cutest little volunteer little and I was kid. like this is fucking awesome I'm gonna tell all my college friends about this and they were like oh <laughs> Damn. Damn. But it was really fun. <laughs> it's great. It's a great show, but it's not as cool as the ride. I can't imagine. So, do they have like a big ball? Oh, and yeah. All that shit? The whole oh. nine. Like you're driving, you're riding through the temple in this uh, vehicle that they replicated later for Dinosaur at Hollywood St- at uh, Animal Kingdom. Yes. So, they replicated that vehicle, and it's like, it's a ride vehicle. It looks like Indiana Jones Jeep, but it's like, Built in such a way that it has hydraulics built into it, so it bounces and moves. Like there's cool. a part where you ride downstairs in a temple, and it feels like you're bouncing downstairs. Cool. There's like a swinging bridge and lava pit portion. There's a whole snake's room. Like it's I just love the classic this. Indiana that Jones. Awesome. And then the the big finale is the giant boulder. That's awesome. And it is a boss ass ride. And I wish that they had it. I think, I think it's called dinos- Temple of the Forbidden Eye. I think is what it's called. 
That's really cool. I think that dinosaurs ride is pretty cool at uh, Animal Kingdom. It was uh, it was scarier than I expected it to be when I was sixteen. It's pretty legit. Like, I'm like, oh, dinosaurs, cool. Maybe this will be like because uh, there's one at Epcot called uh, Ellen's Energy Adventure, where one part of the ride you're like going through super slow dark portions and like they're old ass animatronic dinosaurs <laughs> sure so that's kind of what i thought i was getting you into pictured. on dinosaur the ride i didn't picture this giant carnotaurus son of a mama bitch chasing yeah. us yeah like the the animatronics are pretty legit like they allow for a very real suspension of disbelief yes that's a that's a good that way to shit look at is it. like it's impending doom and they like take your picture right as you're about to go under the, yes. the big old t-rex at the end jesus it's good not that's okay good um, what do you, so first thing you're going to do when you get a chance to go back to Disney World is... I'm going to go to New Fantasyland. <laughs> right. Because I haven't seen New Fantasyland, Mary Beth, and that includes <laughs> things like the Seven Dwarfs Mind Train and uh, Be Our Guest Restaurant and Beast Castle and Enchanted Tales with Belle. And now they have a whole new, they expanded Dumbo, the ride, uh, several, probably about five years ago. They made it two side-by-side Dumbos. Whoa. So it looks like two circus rings. Wow. And now the queue is literally in a circus tent. And when you go into the line for it, like right before you get on the ride, you're in this queue line in this big, big top tent. Uh-huh. And there are like circus games and different little activities oh, cool. and little arcade things you can do. So I'd want to experience that for sure. Is this all in Magic Kingdom? Magic Kingdom, yeah. This is all in Magic How Kingdom. How new is this? Uh, New Fantasyland opened probably about, I think, like four years ago. Okay. Four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's all pretty new. And Seven Dwarfs Mine Train was like the last addition to New Fantasyland that opened like two or three years ago. Okay. And it's actually a really cool little kid coaster, but built on mine cars. So as you ride on the track, your car is swinging back and forth too, like cool. a real mine car. Cool. So that's like for sure number one, I would head there. Okay. And then as soon as I'm done there, I would go to Animal Kingdom. Uh-huh. Uh, to ride Expedition Everest because it wasn't a thing Great the ride. last time I was there. Great ride. Um, and then after that, I would go check out World Showcase. I was going to say, you got to go to the World I Showcase. I got to go to the World <laughs> Showcase to prove to myself that it exists. I love that you are, I mean, that's that's three days, right? Boom. Yeah. That's your trip. If I get a park hopper and I try to be dedicated and vigilant, then I could do it in one day. But who wants to do that? It's. Uh, it was really nice, like, when we went, as an, as adults, I was really expecting like my feet were gonna be tired the whole latter half of the trip. I was just gonna be like, uh, another grumpy, you know. But we really spaced it out well and like hit the highlights at each place, and uh, it was just real fun. I had a great. Did you time. eat at any really memorable restaurants? Is there anything you were like, damn those pot stickers though? I remember the. The U.S. Uh, portion of the um, world, world showcase, mm-hmm, they had some beers there that were amazing. That, uh, like, the, oh, the fife and drum stand that's like right in front there. It's in front of the American Adventure. Maybe I don't remember uh, that specifically, but I know that they had like you could get flights. Oh, where yeah. you could try like Tasting. one of each of their beers, and one of them was um, this like hot pepper beer 
that I had never like it had a spiciness aftertaste to it that I had like never experienced before. It was really good. That's awesome. You would was, think Germany would be like the section of world showcase right? where you could get the good beer. I'm pretty sure we did get like tankards and pretzels yes. in Germany because uh, they really did like the world tour. I, I did the latter half of it, uh, but they did like one at least one drink from like every nice. place. Uh, See, if I went now, I would want to probably skip over Norway or maybe like come back to it late in the day because they just redid. Do you remember the ride in Norway? That was the troll maelstrom is what it was called. It was like a dark indoor boat ride. I don't I don't remember the ride. But, but they gutted it and they made it frozen, frozen. forever after. I or do, frozen ever after. I think they were like in the process of changing it over. So I don't even think even or if it was open, we were like, nah. Yeah, dude, we're too old for that. Yeah. Gonna, um, so frozen ever after or forever after. I can't remember the, the actual technical name of the ride. It's a five minute long ride. I need you to know that on opening day, the line to get on this bitch was five hours long. Mary Beth, can you imagine the level of disappointment if you had waited in line for five hours? There's no way that ride was ever going to live up to no. even a two-hour wait. No. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe if you had a little kid in your group, it would make it a little bit more acceptable to stand in line for five hours if your little princess really wanted to do this. That's nuts. But it might also make you resent that bitch. Yeah. There was there they had definitely like changed over all of the uh you know not marketing that's not really the right word but they had made all of the uh Just the like Nordic Norwegian aesthetics section. is definitely what I was looking for but yeah they had definitely changed over all that stuff yeah. when we were there and it made sense you're like yeah I mean I it guess fits they here. gotta do that and like and you can't really be like oh well, these are you can't put Disney characters in World Showcase because you already have the three caballeros and the Grand right. Fiesta tour right <laughs> so I mean you can't really be like get these Mad bitches out it. of Epcot when mm. Nemo is hanging out at the seas now mm-hmm. I feel like there's some like Mulan stuff in there in China mm-hmm. yeah She's uh, definitely around. I'm over this tradition that they're doing right now of gutting existing rides to make a new ride. Yeah. Basically, like changing just what's in the ride, but uh-huh. not changing the structure or the blueprint or the. I remember seeing Captain Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, <laughs> and I was like, what the? Really? Like, because really? it's just, it's like you said, he's just like tacked on. You don't even go here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like this, you know. It's really classic traditional ride, and then he feels and then like it's an like, afterthought. Bat, beep, bat, bat, <laughs> I'm Captain Jack. You know, like it's definitely an afterthought. Yeah, it's a cheap little. Hey, remember this guy? Hey, remember him? <laughs> Let's throw him in there. So it seems like that is the the popular thing to. Yeah. To update things. Again, it's like... Sometimes it works really well. Like the seas with Nemo and friends. That was a really easy transition because it was already an aquarium ride. Sure. They just put projections of Nemo and his friends in with the fish. That makes sense. That's easy. And thematically, I can accept that. There was like a little like galactic shooter is it buzz lightyear space ranger spin and i think it was something else before that and they made it buzz lightyear yeah which also makes perfect sense yeah it fits but i'm more i'm much more accepting of shit like that in magic kingdom where i'm like if you want to insert buzz lightyear into some shit here sure do whatever you want that makes a lot of sense and being like a little more protective you're in world showcase (laughs) right right and like kind of preserving what that world is supposed to like represent 
Just the integrity of the original design. Although Walt always said that Walt, like we're best friends. Uh, first name said, Walt. We got it. It took it took about boom. an hour, but we got a first name Walt. <laughs> he, like his thing was that Disneyland and Disney World should forever be growing and expanding. And so, anytime that something like that takes place, I can't really be that mad about it because they're staying true to his vision of like That's good. continually continually updating things and. And putting new new entertainment into the parks. You can't really be mad at that. That's good that he did like set a precedent. Oh, for, for that. sure. Um, I that makes sense that he because it does seem like even with the the filmmaking, you know, they were were always trying to like be at the forefront of of the technology specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Because he was the first to use multiplane filming and animation, oh, which yeah. meant that you could get that 3D effect of like going into a forest. Cool. Uh, I think the old mill was the first short that he used that on. That's awesome. But yeah, like shit like that. And then, for instance, when Disneyland opened, Disneyland, if you've never been, is super, like, you know how Disney World feels like you're going to a totally different world? Because yeah. it's so removed from anything else in Orlando. Yeah, there's nothing, yeah. Disneyland is on, like, a main strip in Anaheim. So you can, like, legitimately, like, if you're driving to Disneyland and you're on the interstate, you can see the top of the Matterhorn from the interstate. Whoa. It's mind-blowing to somebody who grew up with Disney World yeah. as their Disney park. It's, like, and it's so secluded. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. So the rumor, the story is that Walt used to stand, first name, second time, Walt, um, <laughs> used to stand by the turnstiles at the end of the day and kind of gauge when people were leaving the theme park at Disneyland. And one night he saw this family leaving like stupid early. And as they walked through the turnstile, he stopped them. Excuse me, do you mind if I ask why you're leaving so early? The park is open for another like two and a half hours. Why are you guys leaving now? They said, oh, well, we were riding the Matterhorn and at the top of the mountain, we could see how bad the traffic was on the interstate. That's so funny. And Walt Disney was like, Hmm. I'm going to fix that next time. I'm going to make it to where you can't see anything but this land. So when they built uh Magic Kingdom and uh World Disney World in Florida in general. Yeah. They purposefully made it secluded because oh, yeah. of that. There's a fascinating book called Project wow. Future about them acquiring all of the the plots of land that they needed to amass this That's giant so cuz they didn't buy it as one parcel of land. Of course. Like they had to make phony corporations and phony names to go in and secure all of these individual chunks that of fit together that's like a what puzzle. They did. Yeah. Oh my god. So it was just like this big business trying to figure out a way to a get way what to they do wanted. it. Yeah, because they knew that if uh Orlando government figured out that it was the Disney company going after this land, the price was going to go way up. That's crazy. So they're like, if we can just get in there with these alias names. Of course that's what they did. And ima- and they did the general public didn't find out that it was for like a Disney theme park until well after they had secured all of the property. Wow. What's the name? Isn't there even a name for like the smaller like city? Lake Buena Vista. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what everything's around? Yeah. Um, and they have their own like separate government ordinances and shit. Really? Yeah. That's all Disney That's parks all Disney. Related. They have their own post office. They have their own power plant. They have their own water plant. Like, of course. That's if the crazy. apocalypse hits, Disney's where <laughs> you want to be. probably like shut everything out. Get yourself in one of them utilitors. Just... Wait it out. And then you can have all the churros in the world. Do you feel like there's anything that you would be remiss uh, to not mention specifically about like uh, Disney World or uh, your relationship with Disney in general? Um, we didn't really dig too deeply into, into all the, the films right? now just because I love the theme parks so Which much. Which makes sense. That's That's why I wanted to figure out like where you wanted to focus. It's my laughing place, dude. <laughs> I love it. Um, I would say if I had to mention one other thing having to do with Disney, it is 
this man, Howard Ashman. Okay. He might be the reason that I, well, the subconscious reason that I went into musical theater as a grown person. He and Alan Menken were songwriting partners, and they did a little musical called Little Shop of Horrors. Love it. Um, from Legitimately, there, probably my favorite musical. It's fantastic. Um, from there, he went on to do a song for Oliver and Company, which was like the 1988 Disney animated classic. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what song he did. I think it might have been Streets of New York City. It was like dogs and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It was basically Oliver, Dickens Oliver, but mm-hmm. with dogs mm-hmm. and a kitty. I think that was like... Uh, just I was born in '88, so that was nice. like just like before so the I year really after started getting you were into born, it. Little Mermaid came out. Nice, and, and that's funny too because I am not as into Little Mermaid as I am into a lot of the other like classic animated movies. Yeah, and I think it was probably just like a little too early, a little too early for you for sure. Little Mermaid was huge for me. It probably hit the perfect time. Yeah, and Howard Ashman's songwriting in that movie, because he he went in and he did that song for Oliver and Company, and then they approached him as a company, and they wanted him to help them um, film live-action musicals and help them like rewrite and compose and arrange live-action musicals. Cool. And he's like, that's nice and all, but I want to do these animated movies. I'm really because into this animation. Thing. That's basically the same thing that we do on stage, just in animated form. Yeah. So he went in and and like the first his pitch meeting for the Little Mermaid, you can find clips of it on YouTube where he's like singing under the sea and acting out all of the like. And here, this is what would happen. And oh then over here, God. this is what would happen. He sounds amazing. He's a genius, dude. And he, um, at one point during the process, they had screened Little Mermaid for like a test audience of kids. And the segment for Part of Your World was not finished. It was like black and white, rough hand-drawn. And it made the kids bored because it wasn't colorful like the other sections. Sure. Um, one of the executives at Disney went to the uh, songwriting team and said, we need to cut the scene. And Howard Ashman was like, over my dead body. <laughs> Absolutely not. He's like, you know, in every great musical, there's a scene it, towards the front of the show yeah. where the, the female heroine comes out on stage and she sits down on something. Might be a trash can like Audrey or might be yeah. a stump like in Brigadoon. Uh-huh. And she tells the audience what she wants and how she's going to get it. And for the rest of the show, you spend the whole time rooting for her to get that. And part of and your you world is that And you can't take that, that away from her. That's that song. That's amazing. Of course it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, most Disney musicals are structured. It's like you said, it's... Um, taking stage uh, like formats and structures and putting them into those guys though Minkin and Ashman were the first that did it in a way that forwarded the plot and didn't cool. like bring everything to a complete screeching <laughs> halt and like hey we're gonna do a music number now and gotcha. back to the story gotcha like their shit actually evolved so and then, how it, so Ashman was really like because you got into Little Mermaid and yeah and, and then his story is so tragic it's like he did Little Mermaid he did Beauty and the Beast I love he Beauty did and the Aladdin. Beast. Half of Aladdin because he passed away of AIDS um, right before Beauty and the Beast actually opened. Fuck. Yes. And he, okay, here's here's a chill, chill worthy moment. He's literally on his deathbed in a hospital in New York. They screened Beauty and the Beast for a premiere test audience. It was so well received. People were raving about it after the showing that the producing team went over to his hospital room to tell them the good news. He's laying in bed with his Beauty and the Beast sweatshirt on. And one of the uh, directors for Beauty and the Beast leaned down and said, you know, it's going to be a huge hit. Who would have thought? And he looked up and said, I would have. That's awesome. So that man for me, like if he, he's in my top five list too of people I would want to, him and Joe Rohde and Walt Disney and Jim Henson and 
maybe one other person who Gilda Radner. That's oh, I love it. There. That's a great. That's that's my top five. Like wonderful, rounding it out. Yeah, who I'd want to sit down with. Howard Ashman that's, is is one of the greats. That's awesome. That's so tragic that uh, that he was yet another person who you know whose like life could have easily been prolonged if we had oh, been yeah. a little more like a little more advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens, uh, unfortunately, but. You see the world moving forward along with uh, the Disney Well, and then you look at his contributions and what they've done with his contributions to the animated movie art form. And, you you know, he's still around. He's still there. For sure. His influence and everything. Um, Last question. Okay. And we've definitely kind of like danced around this uh, a decent amount. And we got some of it in there um, talking about uh, Howard Ashman and um, Mencken. Uh, How do you feel like your love of Disney World... Um, has influenced you creatively and then kind of your life in general? Creatively and in my life in general. Oh, goodness. I mean, I always want to be on. Like, from the time that I was a little kid, and I think it's because of the the performance aspect of these movies. Like, I remember as a little kid, my mom would put me in timeout, and it was totally not an effective form of punishment for me because I would just put on my own production with like three or four uh, different voices interacting with each other. And she's like, damn, she's having a ball. This is not working. Oh, how do I take away creativity? Yeah. And I, I don't think I would have had that kind of vocabulary, though, if these movies hadn't said that's OK and yeah. given me permission to have that kind of vocabulary as a sure. kid. Sure. That makes a ton of sense. That's awesome. It totally it totally reads in like. Um, your, you know, nature as a performer and as a dancer and like the, uh, I mean, it helped that like the thing I've worked with you on was Michelle, yeah. like this little girl who's like, you know, corrupted and, and foul mouthed and right. squeaky and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And at the same time has this like sense of, of wonder this, and yeah. like gasping at the things happening around her. And still in my life too, as an adult, as a 33 year old adult woman in Chicago, I still find magic every day. I can, I totally can see that. And I don't think that I would. Yeah. If I hadn't, if I didn't have this deep love and relationship with this Disney brand Mm -hmm. and these parks and these movies I don't think I would that's awesome find as much magic as I do (laughs) I I know for sure that we could do an entire another separate episode about like those animated classics and maybe we will someday and maybe so I totally agree with you Um, but it was a real joy to uh, pick your brain and uh, take a journey to Disney World it was a real joy (laughs) to sit here and nerd out with you and go to the most magical place on earth that's what they say. Thank yep. you so much, Allie. I love you. And I mean You're that. so welcome, MB. I love you too. Baby, how you feeling? This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.